Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up <laughs> so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And in this episode, we'll be asking simple yes or no questions about the mysterious <laughs> world of dowsing. Dowsing. And penduluming, sort of. Penduluming. I think we've invented a new word. Penduluming. Uh, okay. So, Ross, we have huge news. Yeah, stop the train. Stop everything. <laughs> we have come to the maximum end of the fun. No, that's have, not working. We have come to fun. It is ended. It is maximum. It is maximum. We have a big announcement for you guys, <laughs> and this is exciting for the show. They've created the world's most mixed metaphor. Whoa, it's Black Jesse what? Thorne. There's a third person. <laughs> Who You're the with. hell are you? I'm Jesse Thorne, the owner of MaximumFun.org. What the fuck is that? That's the podcast network that you guys just joined. Oh, no. (laughs) Hey, hey, what kind of podcast network are we talking about? Well, Maximum Fun is an organization of largely independently created podcasts that are supported by listener donors. So just like you guys are supported by listener donors. Sounds like us already. Carrie has been to a couple of Max Fun Cons, which are one of our listener gatherings in the uh, mountains of Southern California. Pretty rad. And she knew a little bit about Max Fun and got in touch with me, shared Ono, Ross, and Carrie with me. I thought it was such a great show. And we decided to team up. And what I do at Max Fun, I mean, besides, I host an NPR show called Bullseye and a couple of podcasts, one with uh, John Hodgman, Judge John yeah. Hodgman. We at Max Fun do all of the stuff for podcasters that isn't podcasting, essentially provide an umbrella organization and a community of creators that also has a community of listeners. And so we're really excited to have you guys on board. Well, we're excited too. So if someone, let's say someone's a huge Ono Ross and Carrie fan and they're like, oh no, <laughs> see, get, get, where get where I'm going with this? Oh no, oh no, Ross and Carrie. <laughs> uh-huh. And they've been supporting for a long time and now they're like, well, what do I do? How do I still support Ono Ross and Carrie? Should I support the network that supports them? Yeah, let's be clear. You have continuing costs, mm-hmm. which will continue to be supported by donors who donate to pay your continuing costs. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's changed, basically, is that instead of going to your website to make the donation, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Okay. And essentially what you do when you make a donation, and all our donations are monthly, they call them sustainer donations. They're memberships, you know, a few bucks a month that come off your credit card without you having to do anything. We're credit card fraud people. We steal credit card numbers. Oh, and, no, you have to put in your credit card Thumbs number. Up. You, you just go to MaximumFund.org slash donate and you pick a level at which you'd like to donate every month and then it asks you what Maximum Fund shows you listen to and what's your favorite Maximum Fund show. Which we all know is on Ross and Carey. Obviously. Exactly. And the money goes directly to the show. So um, Perfect. it's a very easy way to do it. And not only is it easy, but you get stuff in the mail. Not just thank you gifts. Of course, anyone who donates at MaximumFun.org slash donate gets Maximum Fun related thank you gifts. Mm -hmm. But because you are new with Maximum Fun, we have decided to do a very special one-time only, this month only thing, which is a special thank you gift for people who donate and choose as their favorite show, Oh No, Ross and Carrie, during the month of January, which is... Sign up and you'll get a postcard personalized by both of us. Written by us and to Yoon. It it will <laughs> it will have the most beautiful words. I don't think speaking half, in old timey speak is just adding end to the end of things. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't sure figured out what the trigger is that makes Carrie create new languages. <laughs> Do you think it's like that news anchor who had the epileptic fit or the or the linguistic migraine on air and started spouting what? nonsense oh, words? I don't you know. guys what? haven't seen that viral what? video? No. No. Come on, that's the hottest viral video of 2010 or 11. <laughs> <laughs> Were they speaking in tongues or something? Yeah, she just uh, starts spouting nonsense words as oh. though they were real words oh, on live on air. It is amazing. I'm well, going on I probably have that. Yeah. Anyway, the moral of the story is the two of you guys are going to be sitting here in our office in Los Angeles writing personal thank you notes to everyone who becomes a monthly donor during the month of January. All Beautiful you... artwork on the front. You guys on the 
front. See, now you're just adding <laughs> TH. You guys already have a bunch of listeners who support you yes. all the time. And we're just hoping that those folks will understand you guys have been brought into the fold, but it doesn't mean that you're not still supported by donations. So. Right. Right. And uh, for anyone who's concerned, this is the same show. We're going to continue doing our investigations. This will help us continue to do investigations. Now we're just a little more legit. Yeah, well, and legit. And, you know, I think you guys have uh, more than any show in our network. You guys have the most non-personnel related running costs. Oh, yeah. Because you guys do these big investigations that actually cost money and you actually have to pay for the things. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you would blow your cover slash be biased. Right, right. Yeah, our, co- our costs are high. Goal number one, as far as I'm concerned, for Maximum Fun in this show is to make sure that Ross and Carrie have a stable financial base so they know that when they have to spend money uh, to do these things, to entertain you and inform you, that they'll have the money in the bank to do that. And goal number two, I think they're doing a great job. I would like them to be paid for their work. Oh, But well, let's, deal with, let's deal with goal number one <laughs> first. Yeah. So just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's, it's super easy. And how, how much fun can a person expect to have the minimum or... I uh, like middling. <laughs> Great. Then you're... Eh, middling plus. Yeah, your your network's well named. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll I'll let you guys get back to your show. Thank you for joining maximumfund.org. We are so happy to have you on board and so proud. Um and thank you to all of all of your listeners yes. who are supporting you guys. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. And now back to dowsing and penduluming. Yeah, penduluming. Penduluming. I was talking to a friend recently, and she had never heard of dowsing. I was surprised. I thought it was fairly well known. You know, I don't think I had heard of dowsing until a few years ago. I've had a couple people who I've talked to, and they're like, huh? And then I'll say, water witching? And they'll be like, oh, that. Oh, I've never heard that. Really? You haven't heard of water witching? Apparently, I've never heard this term for dowsing. If you're looking for oil, it's called Doodle bugging. <laughs> it's the weirdest. Doodle thing. bugging. How awesome is that? Well, the idea is you're searching for an object, you know, or a substance, right? Uh, usually water, and using either a Y-shaped rod, stick, or like an L-shaped rod or stick, and it's supposed to be leading you to the thing that you are looking for. It's a form of divination. Right, and usually the people who use it say that as you pass water or you pass oil or whatever it is you're looking for, the rod will sort of magically bend toward the yeah, thing you're looking for. Right, to guide you toward it. And I think we learn more from this investigation about, you know, how those indicators work. But yeah, right. that's the basic idea that it leads you toward it and then, hey, now we can dig and right. that's where we should put our well. And this I mean, it might not sound that extraordinary, but we're talking about like any piece of metal pretty much. Like you could be- you could right. bend open a wire hanger. And walk by some water, and as long as you had told the wire hanger that it was your intention to find water, it will turn toward it. Right, and these rods take all kinds of forms, different materials, and traditionally they were all just sticks of some sort. Yeah. It turns out there's really only one group in Los Angeles that does dowsing, at least that I could find. Right. They were brought to our attention by our friend Jim Newman. Hey, Jim. A master of trivia. Oh, right. Yeah, he is. And we've been on the emails, or at least I have, since like February. We'd always been wanting to go to these meetings, but they're on Fridays at like 7.30. 7.30. So we kept thinking, yeah, it'd be really nice, but meh. Yeah. They'd been kind of threatening to stop having these meetings because the attendance was so low. Right. We're like, oh, we better get there while we can. Mm -hmm. So we went to the first one in September. It's a monthly meeting. We were intrigued. It sounded like a good first meeting for us to go to. And all these meetings have titles and themes. Right, so this was going to be the art of the pendulum, selecting, training, and care, and introduce basic dowsing. So we're like, perfect. So yeah, penduluming and dowsing seem to often go together, and using a pendulum is kind of similar in that you're using a very simple device to get a yes or no answer to any question you might have. Pretty and much. That sounds so vague. So, so for example, you might have a gemstone on the end of a string. Right. You hang it from your finger, usually draped over your pointer finger, and you just sort of let it rock in whatever way it naturally does. And then you ask it a question. So maybe I ask it, uh, is Ross the best co-host in the world? And then see Mine's already clearly, saying yes. Mine clearly says no. <laughs> you have this very sucks. This sucks. <laughs> 
isn't fucking science. So like its larger cousin, the timekeeping pendulum, Mm -hmm. it's a weighted stone, object, metal, whatever it may be, at the end of a chain or string of some sort. And I have this lovely pendulum that I'm holding here now. Yeah, yours actually is, if I may say, a little creepier than mine. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I picked it up years ago, and it's got this dodecahedron shape of amethyst at the bottom, and one of the faces has a pentacle inscribed. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's got seven colored stones representing the seven chakras, kundalini points. So this thing looks like, you know, some love and care went into it. Oh, yeah. I've always been very proud of this. And mine is a a big green spherical stone Mm -hmm. with some sort of white, quote unquote, imperfections, though I would say they just perfect it. Mm -hmm. And it's on the end of a silver colored chain and it's got a a sharp point on the end to show you exactly where it's pointing should you use it for something a little more exact than a yes or no question and we'll get into that yeah so we showed up at the first meeting and it's in this little area attached to a living facility like Mm a apartment complex or something Mm -hmm. and it's like this shared common area that has a little kitchen in there Mm -hmm. and just a lot of tables and chairs a multi-purpose room and at the door you pay five dollars you write down your name and your email address because they want to send you more of those emails sure and phone number. and then along the back, they sell pendulums. Right. Those are always there. So pendulums, that's... crystals, some like angel stones, various divining objects. Yeah. And usually some books laid out for yeah. you to grab, mm-hmm. music, CDs maybe. So yeah, there's a few things to buy and browse and they all have prices. None of them extraordinary. How much did you get your pendulum for? Mine was only 10. It was ordinarily 15, I think, and had been marked down to 10. Okay. I mean, if you look at it, that doesn't at all seem like overpricing. No. And they did have hot drinks. Yay! Yeah, they did. And he gave us a kind of long explanation about how to get the hot water out because it's got a kind of funny nozzle. And he was like, oh, let me explain this. And it took him like three minutes. And I was like, we we got it. Yeah. We got it. You push The cup's already full of hot steaming water. He's still telling you, you know, so you got to push in and then you push down. Like, uh huh, uh huh, and you're sipping your tea. Yeah. (laughs) In a very friendly way, he's one of those guys who really likes to be an expert, but but in a sweet way with him. So we're talking about him. He is Joel. Joel. That's what we're calling him. And he's the head of that group. He organizes it. Certainly the nicest ringleader we've run into in a while. Yeah, for sure. He's a a punster. Like constantly, you can tell he's analyzing everything you say and everything he says Mm -hmm. and then making little jokes about it Mm -hmm. and little self-deprecating jokes. Yeah, a little false modesty. Sure. Yeah, interesting fellow. And he visually, he has these very like clear blue eyes and wavy hair back in a ponytail that you can tell would just go poof if you let it out. And almost handlebar mustache, you know, it's starting to work mm-hmm. its way down to form the handlebars. I like him overall. He has like a nice, honest face. And, uh, and a nice guy. Yeah, and a nice guy. And he always would greet us at the door when we came in. Yeah, he greeted us right away. And we were there kind of early. There were maybe like a dozen people there and mm-hmm. more kind of drifted in after us. Which is a pretty good sized group. Yeah, I'd say about 20 people showed up the first time. We were definitely the youngest people there. And it was, again, mentioned a couple times. We found a table kind of toward the far side, but we had some other people sitting with us. Mm -hmm. And then he starts the meeting with an astrology reading. But a general one, not for a particular person. If you look up next Tuesday, you'll see this occluding that. And And you're closing your eyes as you say this, which is accurate. It was definitely, it seemed to me, definitely like honest. Like this is really what he thinks. He's not just bullshitting, pulling out facts. He really thinks this is what's going on this week. Totally. Then we went straight into the business of the meeting, which was to get out our pendulums or go select one. Mm -hmm. So you went toward the back. And they make some, but they also just will buy some at cost and then resell them. I don't know if they even make a profit off of it. You know, it's like in Indiana Jones where there's all the grail cups. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like you can get the really basic one that just has like one little plain stone at the bottom or the one with all the little gems right. and stuff. But even the most expensive ones were like 25 bucks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you chose wisely. Thank you. And I remember I stood there for a while trying to decide because he said you should ask the pendulum, are you the pendulum for me? And then tell it your intention, what what's yes and what's no. So for me, yes is going back and forth away from me and no is going side to side. Much so, like one would nod one's head. Right. So I tried that with a few, and a lot of them said yes. They all wanted to come on with me. Who wouldn't? (laughs) But I didn't feel right about them necessarily. And then I saw this one, and I was like, aha, 
that's the one for me. And okay. And I asked it, uh, do you want to come home with me? And it said, yes. And so I said, okay. And I paid for it. That was his particular orientation as well with the away and towards being yes and the side to side being no. Yeah, but his waiting for question was diagonal. Yes. And I found that mine is going in a circle. So yeah, he was throwing that out there. You know, yours may be the opposite way. And that was just uh, the first of many wiggle rooms. Oh, it works this way for some people and that way for others. Right. So once we got nurse, he started doing this demonstration of using his own mm-hmm. where he would say, oh, look, I ask it. I can't remember the questions he used because he was is, just making up examples. Right. But is my name Joel? Yeah, is my name Joel? And then it would go back and forth and he'd say, see, and then look at us like we should be very impressed. <laughs> and I mean, I guess at this point we should mention it's very easy to just control this and make it look like you're not controlling it. Right, right. Oh, oh, I wanted it to say no. Now it's saying no. Right. I guess it's time we mention the idiomotor effect. Yeah, so the idiomotor effect is what makes a Ouija board work. It's It would be the alternative explanation for how this works. Yes, and what it is is it's an honest, real effect where the hand can kind of communicate with the brain, but not on a level you're fully aware of. And you can kind of make something move the way you want it to if it's something that's otherwise in balance just by kind of thinking, oh, I want it to go this way, but not being aware that your fingers are making little micro movements to influence it that way. And in that way, what they say could be true even for the idiomotor effect. You know, they say you just tell it your intentions. Mm -hmm. There you go. We did at one point just kind of throw out there like, oh, well, it's interesting. You say that your mind is controlling, you know, what's happening here, but obviously you're holding on to it. Would it still work? If, if you weren't holding on to it. Yes, you asked him this. I and did, then he, as innocently as I could. Right, and then he <laughs> reached out his pendulum uh, in <laughs> front of himself, looked at you and said, we'll ask it a question. And then you did. I don't remember what you asked. Is my name Ross? Something straightforward. And then uh, it started saying yes, and he was like, ah, see? And I was <laughs> as like, if he couldn't make it move. And yes, I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you said, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite what I was asking. But right. Okay. And at that point, it's too embarrassing to be like, well, come on, Joel. <laughs> you're holding on. You're, to it. you're holding you're, it. You're How making, about if it's not a human? Making a move. And every now and then, one of them would say, oh, I want to make sure I'm not consciously moving it this way. Yeah, yeah. They I'm, were aware of it, kind of. Yeah, and aware that would be the devil's advocate thing to say. Right. Sometimes I would just try to keep them as balanced as possible Mm -hmm. and like just make sure like I don't want to move my hand at all, which is hard to do Yeah, and just see what it does. And sometimes I could get something to happen that way or I'd just say, that's weird. It's not doing anything. Uh And then other times I would purposefully do the micro movements and you can do it without anybody seeing your hand move at Mm -hmm. all. And then other times I would try to just like make my mind do it. Mm Mm-hmm. You can do that. Mm-hmm. It, it's doable and it's weird. It does work. Mm-hmm. Like I can think no and it will shake its head no. Yeah, I guess me too. I'm doing that right now. And it's a yeah. weird effect, but it totally works. Yeah, me works. too. Yeah, that's working for me. Yeah, usually I would try just not to affect it as well. But then, you know, you get in your head about it because you're like, oh, well, now I'm telling myself not to move it. So I'm not doing what they're asking of me, which is put my intentionality into it. So it can get very complicated. I'd say by the third meeting, which we'll talk about, I was just going along. Yeah, I'm just going to do that. And it it worked. It gave me Uh everything I was expecting it. Right, right. Uh, me too. Uh, so he demonstrated the effect on his own pendulum several times. There is no real dowsing in this dowsers meeting at the first one. Only those little hypotheticals that we're talking about. He did talk about like potential uses. Like he was even talking about finding missing persons. Yeah, and he said that he had personally located Christopher Dorner, Dorner, who right. was the Los Angeles Police Department officer who turned and killed his fellow police officers. Right, and then ended up found in Big Bear. And he said that he and a bunch of other dowsers had used dowsing to go through some maps and try to find him. And he had pinpointed him, uh, but apparently not told the police or done anything with this information. That's always the question. Yeah. Like, okay, so why don't you immediately tell the authorities if you have this very important information that could save people's lives? Although psychics do do that sometimes. They'll tell the police something and may or may not be right but also (laughs) it's worth noting that big bear's not far away there were many dowsers working on this and who knows what he meant by the area of big bear and they would take credit for a lot of these kind of wins 
But you could tell that it was something that they never followed up on. They didn't tell anybody. It's just like, hey, we got it right. Right. And the <laughs> and details are, are very vague about very vague. what a success meant. And we were trying to ascertain sort of how to get at that information. And the important point he was making in that first meeting was that it's all about narrowing it down to a yes or no question. Mm -hmm. And so he would say, okay, so I can pull out the map and say, is it in this half of the map? And mm -hmm. he kind of put his hand down. Uh, no. Okay. Now is it on this part of the map? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. And then he'd just keep breaking it down by quadrant. But at one point, I think I said, does it have to be yes or no? And he said, no. <laughs> but then I don't think he really had thought it through because he said, no, no, you know, you could ask like, is it on the right side of the map or is it not on the right side of the map or something? Like, Well, okay, that's a yes or no question. <laughs> You're just stating it in a funny way. Right. And then when I would say, well, what do you do with a situation like, well, how do I talk to my brother-in-law about the situation? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. He would say, well, what I would do in that kind of situation is say, you know, should I confront him now or, you know, let him deal with this on his own? Right. And then, that, Again, then I got my yes That's a yes or no question phrased in, a, in an elaborate way. Right. And then you can get more detailed with it. So, right. yeah, it, it always ended up as being kind of a series that kind of worked its way down. Right. I should mention that our Valley of the Dowsers group, mm -hmm. they are a chapter of the American Society of Dowsers. Okay. And in fact, they won Chapter of the Year in 2000 as the yes, mugs you bought did. us state. I bought us each a mug at our last meeting. Thank you. So, yeah, no problem. So I, now we both have a Dowser mug and an OTO mug. <laughs> I, I drink out of the OTO mug quite a bit. I do too. I do too. I drink what I wilt. So not only was this a certified chapter, but the 2001 Dowser of the Year winner Holla. was in the room with us. Holy shit. We're going to call her Jean. She was the Dowser of the Year, which can be pronounced doi. So Jean is a, a slight, frail little old lady. Sweet. And she had, it's so weird. I've never really heard this. She had like a little girl's voice uh -huh. encased in the voice of an older woman. It was weird. It was like an older version of a little girl's voice. So <laughs> she was telling us about a workshop that she gives where she teaches dowsing. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to do Tell that. Me more. It was like a four-hour class, and it was $189 for okay. it. All right. And so we're like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And so we both picked up her business card. Yep. So I tried emailing the email address on her card, that bounced back. Then I Googled her name and found another email address for her. I was like, oh, good. And then that bounced back. Right. And then I emailed the head of the dowsing chapter and was like, hey, can you help me hook up with Jean? You no know, response. No response. So then you call her. Yeah. She's got phone numbers on her card with two cards we ended up picking uh -huh. up at two meetings. And yeah, I called the number, get a voicemail for her. Great. Yay. Uh -huh. Finally, connection. Give her all my information, phone number, repeat it twice. You know, call me back. We're interested in the class. Never hear no back. No response. Never. Like yeah. a month later, haven't heard so anything. So that was a plop. But good thing we were still able to just keep going back to the Valley of the Dowsers meeting. So yeah, we went back for the second meeting then. Yeah. So we took our friend, Jarrett, who people might remember from- Jarrett! <laughs> from a previous episode- the uh, hangover remedy episode. Hangover. <laughs> all right. All also right. known as the vomit episode. So sorry, all of you who have vomit phobia who wrote <laughs> we to heard, us. Yeah, we learned that vomit we phobia is a real thing. No idea. Our, and our, our producer, producer has it and couldn't edit that episode. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm afraid I'm going to hear that. And it's yeah, and, and going to send me into a panic attack. Yeah. yeah, which happens to a lot of people, apparently. We are sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Okay, okay. so anyway. Jarrett was free that night. He's like, yeah, sure, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, he wanted to go with us, which was great. This was particularly exciting. Who can blame him for wanting to come? The title was... Yes. <clears throat> teleportation versus time travel manipulation and energizing slash charging water with different divination techniques. And, you know, fuck yeah for these people for actually having agendas. Right. You know, unlike, say, the truthers where they're like, we're going to come and sort of talk about some stuff and look at YouTube. So we went and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is this the, is one of my favorite things. The heart and soul of done. what we do. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we showed up and I'd say 30 people, something like that. Or Okay, I counted this one, too. And I want to say, see, no, it's a good thing I count these people and then just make note of it in my head and mm -hmm. don't write it down. But I want to say it was 32. Oh, okay. That's way different than what I was saying, which is yeah, 30. Right. <laughs> I think you forgot me and you. Okay. That's important. <laughs> he started with his usual astrological predictions. He's like, any counters out there? And I said, yeah. And he's, he's like, how was your Wednesday? Woo! Oh, yeah. And I said, 
uneventful, I guess. I don't really remember it. I specifically remember, Carrie, you telling me that was a great day. And then I remembered, because I think I had put like a Facebook status about how it was a good Wednesday. Right, and we talked about it. You were having a good day. Oh, okay. And so then uh, that wasn't quite what he was expecting. He's like, okay, well, your retrograde can also be a time of uh, new beginnings. Right. He <laughs> so- clearly wanted to say like, oh, yeah, it wasn't a good day, huh? And then he was like, oh, shit. She had an actual good day. Oops. Then he invited his wife up. Uh, We're calling her Steph. And she seems to be kind of an expert in a lot of new age modalities. So she kind of led part of the meeting. He called her my something wife. Yes. There was like another woman there who was a friend of both of theirs. Right. He said about that other woman, oh, this is my Pisces wife as opposed to my Aries wife or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of crazy. And they all looked really uncomfortable. Yeah, both women were like, uh-huh. why did you say that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did these introductions around the room and people would keep dropping like these little astrology in jokes. Uh-huh. And there was this one guy saying like, I'm a recovering Virgo. And everybody like laughs. Yeah, like, oh, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still don't know. But yeah, I was just interested in the variety of uh, responses people went around. They started with us. Mm-hmm. Like we were the first people. And so like, hey, I'm Ross. You know, it's our second meeting here. Is I'm- that your impression of yourself? <laughs> hey, guys. That's how I talk. <laughs> I'm Ross. You I'm sorry I- that I came. You think I could do a perfect impersonation of myself <laughs> and that's the voice I use? There are interesting number of responses all around the room just like the variety of people in their backgrounds there was someone who's like a sensitive there was a yoga and meditation person uh there was a novice pendulum worker whose grandfather was a well-known spiritualist a wide variety and i i felt like outclassed by all these people and their various uh-huh. spiritual experiences but there was one mother-daughter couple that oh, uh, yeah. that really struck me at that meeting the mother was probably in like her 80s and the, right oh maybe 70s and and Hold on, let me ask my pendulum. Was she more than 80 years old? It doesn't know. Yeah. I can't remember her. Reply hazy, try later. Okay, mm. it's circling. Continue. Here. Okay, I'll ask. Was she more than 80 years old? Oh. That looks like a very yes. subtle yes. So she's not much okay. over 80. Yeah, maybe okay. she was 81. All right. And then her daughter was in her 50s or so. They kind of talked about feeling left out a lot like i think the daughter had had trouble at work because they kind of thought she was the weird spiritual one yeah and she kind of talked about being ostracized and And for a moment it turned into a little support group there everybody's like yeah you you really gotta hide that and even steph joel's wife was saying yeah i find you know when i'm in the corporate world you do your corporate thing you keep that side of yourself away from them which is sad. Like, that was kind of a little bit of a wake-up moment for me about not making people feel that way. Totally. No. Then, we went pretty straight into learning about time travel, eh? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> Which was mostly some very intense study of a YouTube video. So, they pull up this YouTube video, and it's like the security camera footage from China. Right. And it's in high definition. Right. Like security cameras always are. Oh, red light camera. And it was like clearly night vision. But they show an intersection. You have like a few cars. And there's this one guy riding one of those little bikes with a sidecar kind of thing. So he's starting to cross the intersection. And some guy's running through the light. You can just see, you know, he's going to flatten this guy. It's going to be a horrible accident. You're kind of cringing there. And all of a sudden... As he's passing in front of the car. Right. This like kind of trail comes in from the uh, from screen right. All of a sudden, bright light. He disappears and then they reappear up at the topmost portion of the screen on the north side of the intersection. So a couple hundred feet away. Oh, not that far. Like, you know, a few dozen feet away. But yeah. A hundred feet away. Not a hundred. Okay. Eighty-five feet away. Too far to to run. Let's ask the pendulum. Was it about 50? Yes. (laughs) Hold on, wait. Getting it clear. It was about 200. Oh my God, no, it was 200. (laughs) I've had this pendulum for years. Our (laughs) connection is deep. So anyways, they teleport out of danger and then they appear. Then the stranger just walks away. Right. And the stranger like looks kind of feminine probably. Right. And is wearing a hood and like a dark jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The stranger was the one who had whisked in as like this kind of ephemeral trail. Right. And so, oh my goodness, everyone was so excited. 
Right. Let's play this video over and over. And the YouTube video itself plays it over, plays it in super slow motion. We'll put it up on Facebook.com. Sure. Slash on rack. Slash on rack. And so, of course, Jarrett and I are there with our smartphones and we are looking up teleportation video. Right. The first results you get are that video and saying hoax. It was a video that was put out there. By a marketing team. Yeah, for a Chinese video game. So they're watching this over and over and just everybody's like getting all misty and like, this is amazing and and i'm having this moment it's kind of like in the movie frozen where olaf the snowman <sighs> loves summer but no one wants to tell him that he will melt oh yeah that's actually a very sweet it's, it's like that story do you... you know my friend ross worked on that movie in theaters now fun for the whole family clap 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 clap, 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 clap. okay but seriously i was kind of thinking of that oh uh, do we break it to them that right. this is this is from a video game company right. uh actually they they played some other videos too very similar and they all showed the same hooded figure right uh, yeah which all had the same problems like this hooded figure goes through a, like a supermarket. A supermarket, and when she can't reach the can of beans, she just sort of points her hand toward it, and they shoot off the shelf. Okay, again, <laughs> there's no accident. Nothing happens wrong. Why is anyone going back looking at the security tape? I'm going to use my superpowers to help people reach things on high shelves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, if you could, like, teleport people out of... Life-threatening accidents. Are you going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to go to Super. Oh, no, the shopping cart's going to hit somebody. Yeah. I'm going to stop it. Right. Yeah, she's a shopping cart. Oh. And Steph is like especially invested. She's yes. sitting forward on the edge of her chair with her elbows on her knees and her face in her hands. And she's going, look at that. And then, oh, and then, wait, watch this part. Watch this part. Watch this part. There he goes. <laughs> Even if we couldn't immediately look this up online. Just have a bit of reserve because right. we're in an age of visual effects where you can make anything happen. Right. This is well done, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Jarrett and I are like, oh, do we bring this up? Mm-hmm. And then Joel says, now there's a video game company that says that they're the ones that did this and it's promoting their video game. No, I don't think he said that the video game company actually said that. I think he just said some people think it has something to do with the video game. Okay, that's how it was like, okay, end of conversation. Why are we even talking about this? Yeah, and then he just brushed past it and it was like no one else in the room even cared. They were just like, oh, that's silly. For the record, the game title is something like Zhu Zhan, Z-H-U-X-I-A-N. Oh, yeah, Zhushan. Zhushan 2. It's on game and the character that appears in the videos is supposed to be the dragon totem girl she's a video game character he briefly brushed past that and then they played this other video and they're like well this person saw that but then they analyzed like the video came from two different sources Sources. and look the chinese lettering is different in each video and if you look at like these lines at the bottom of the street they look different in this one than this one and like well what is that even saying right these are just artifacts of the encoding of the video and you're just pointing out that yeah the video came out a little differently with the two different encodings. What, right. What What would that even mean? That and, it was faked? And, yeah. And I mean, going back to Occam's Razor, like, which is more likely, if, if this video game company says they put it out, which is more likely they made that up to what <laughs> cover up some government conspiracy about a dragon lady who saves people or quick quick pretend like you've been up. developing a game for the past three years right. so it'll look like this wasn't real right. yeah what is the most parsimonious explanation here what mm-hmm. takes the least leap of imagination. logic imagination yeah. so oops we were all, the three of us, kind of giggling and like, <laughs> what are we even, what are we supposed to do with this? And it went on for so long. They watched videos of the video for like half an hour. Right. And and the conversation about time travel and teleportation was all based off of this saying, even if this isn't real, you know, this is kind of how it works. Right. Fascinating. the whole idea of time travel versus teleportation was just is teleportation just another version of time travel so it was just sort of Mm -hmm. this almost pedantic conversation about what these words mean the the same conversation you'll have after you watch back to the future right right (laughs) but that wasn't all there was more to this meeting uh we then got into dowsing with dowsing rods so uh everybody had brought their own rods that they were going to share with everybody some very generous people who had 
a collection of rods. Sorry about those clink clinks. That's me picking up my rods. Clink. That's clink, right. Clink, clink, clink. Same deal with the rods as with the pendulums. You know, you got to pick ones that work for you. Right. Everybody has a different style. And no push at all to buy theirs. They were like, sure, borrow them, put them back, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And there was one gentleman who had brought like really fancy ones. Clearly, he'd spent a lot of money and they had these little mechanical attachments that if you didn't know better, you'd think were like some kind of sex toys or something <laughs> like that. Other people would say, uh, well, I like something more natural natural that's a little too mechanical but hey you know that works for some people not right. for me i ended up actually purchasing the cutest little copper dowsing rods for 10 bucks five bucks each and they're they're cute little dainty ones i would say and they go well with your pendulum because they've got yeah. kind of a greenish blue yeah kind of a turquoise sphere little on the bottom thing on the bottom we'll take a picture of it very nice so then we were invited to use them to find Water. Water. Running water. Running water. That was very clearly located yep, in so the bathroom. They ran some water. Yeah, right. So, okay, they open up the doors to the hallway. We're going to walk down this hallway and see if we can locate the water. Then <laughs> <laughs> they go into the bathroom. And turn it on. And the whole time I was like, oh my God, this is wasting so much water. This is wasting oh, so much water. Oh, it hurt me. It and, hurt me just to. My pendulum going to find this running stream of water any better than the water just hanging out in the basin waiting to be turned on. Apparently it didn't anyway because <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we went over to this hallway and people were lining up to walk down the hallway with these rods. So the idea is you hold your hands out in front of you mm-hmm. like you're uh, you know you got two six shooters or something like that. And you're holding the short end of the L rod, and then the long end is sticking out, and you kind of start with them facing dead ahead, 12 o'clock. Just to clarify, most of these are actually two pieces, so the thing you're Mm. holding on to isn't necessarily rigidly connected to the longer piece. It's true. So Carrie right now is holding on to a tubing. And right. then there's a secondary piece that's going through the tubing. Right. So that kind of can bob and weave on its own. Mm-hmm. And we are told to point them ever so slightly downward just right? to allow gravity. So to maybe, what, 10 degrees down? Some, less than five even, okay. like really subtle rotation. And then, yeah, just start walking. Uh, they are supposed to converge on the edge of an energy field. Mm-hmm. That's like when they start hitting that energy field, then they'll start pointing either toward each other or away from each other. Again, it depends right. on, on you. On you. Right. Yeah. So th- I think we're on to like number three or four of things that depend on you yeah. and your style. Clearly, <laughs> if they're pointing straight ahead, you're not getting a reading. So people are walking down and as they reach the door to the bathroom with the water, right. strangely, all of a sudden they cross and they look at each other like, wow, can you believe it? They cross or they turn toward the water in some cases. Right, or they yeah. point towards the water itself. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And so I would be trying to like just hold them as straight as possible and uh-huh. like keeping them balanced. And so that was my focus at that particular meeting. And sure enough, they just kept pointing straight forward. But mm-hmm. I was working to balance them yeah. in an effort to not consciously move them. Right. And so, people- and I did the same. I mean, I don't know if I was fighting it or anything, but I was just thinking, like, keep your mind clear. Don't think about where the water is. Just walk through. Right. And then they didn't do anything. And they kept telling me that I was tilting them the wrong way. And it's funny because he'd say, well, you're not tilting it down. Oh, okay. And then I'd tilt it down and he'd be like, okay, Too you, far. Got, you got you to gotta turn it up. Oh, okay. And turn it up. <laughs> well, you know what? Remember how I said you got to have it pointing down a little bit? You're not pointing it. What, what do you want me to do, sir? <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Yeah. And then Jarrett went through, did the same thing, wasn't getting anything. And at one point I was coming back and Jarrett was going forward and we passed each other and both of ours turned toward each other and crossed. Uh, Jarrett's like 65% water. True. Me too. (laughs) They said, oh, okay, okay. Well, then there's probably a water line running underneath (laughs) you guys. Right. And uh, and we're like, oh, okay. How can we find out? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Okay. Yeah. That's that's something I was thinking earlier too, that with your rods crossed when you weren't anywhere near that water, they're pointing somewhere completely different. Right. They would just say, oh, that must be where the pipes are running. Right. So there's just there are pipes all over this fucking place. <laughs> just crisscrossing. Surrounded Crazy network of pipes. We don't know where they are, but probably wherever your L-Rods right. malfunction. Right. And so, yeah, after a while, I started closing my eyes as I would go back and forth. Oh, yeah, I did that too. 
just to, you know, not influence. And then I kind of opened it to see, oh, what's it doing right now? Mm-hmm. Usually it was still pointing pretty much straightforward. Right. I think at that point I was kind of worn down. And I think this is an interesting point when you have people sitting there watching you, you know, caringly, hoping that uh-huh. this is going to work for you. At some point, you don't want to disappoint them. Right. And it's an acknowledged thing when they do double-blind studies or when they have to do a single-blind study. Yeah. The effect of wanting to please your doctor. They have to compensate to, for that. To please your surveyor. The meeting just kind of devolved into everybody taking turns, going back and forth, and then going back to I wouldn't to say that was devolved. I think it was evolved. All right. And that day, I also mentioned the idiomotor effect to mm. Joel, mm-hmm. which you pointed out to me may have been a little risky after it. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah, how, I wouldn't have brought that up. You said this very well, not because the concept is something that would make them suspicious, but because knowing the actual term for it seemed a little more involved than most people would be. Right. Your regular schmo off the street, you know, doesn't know the word. The words idiomotor, idiomotor effect. effect. Totally fair. That's like I, a creationist saying, you're like, oh, is this really macroevolution? Like, right. no one says macroevolution. Right, right, right. What are you all about? Right, right, right. But at the same time, to be as honest as possible as we can, I did know what the term meant. So I... Uh, he took it in stride. Yeah, yeah, he took it fine. I said, so while I'm doing this, like, how do I make sure that I'm really getting this from the energies out there instead of from the idiomotor effect of my hand or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he seemed to glean from context what I was saying. I don't think he had heard that term, Hmm. but he pretty much sidestepped the question. He just, he started talking about different tips he had told us before about using your pendulum in particular. He'd say, well, you do want both feet on the floor. You want the hand that's not holding the pendulum to be either on your knee or to your side. Oh, right. I remember um, that. So basically saying like steady yourself as much as possible. You know, you want the only thing that can move to be the pendulum. The, these are good notes for our potential dowsers out there. And I remember the first meeting you asked somebody else, oh, has this been scientifically tested? Mm-hmm. I think he said, oh, yeah, many times or something. But, you know, Right, but no then specifics. just kind of went off into something else. Right. right. Our third and final meeting was a couple nights ago in chilly December. We showed up, we paid our $5 a piece, and already we could see a lot of bottled water. There are like two two stations that had just tons of bottles of water. Right. And there was this big plastic pyramid that had water inside of it. I was Mm -hmm. like, pyramid power, yes, back from the 70s. -hmm. He wanted to show us how to douse for... Your chakras. So we were given little handouts... Two of them. Two each. Uh, So one is kind of a half page that has a little outline of the human body. And then it shows your various chakras. Right. right. The seven chakras, which are crown, brow, throat, heart, solar plexus, spleen, and root. And they all have different colors. Yeah. And those are in in the order that Carrie said them. They're from violet to indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. And then those are tied to particular areas of the body. So Mm -hmm. uh, again, in the same order. Uh, pineal, pituitary, thyroid, thymus, pancreas, gonad, and adrenal. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to kind of place our finger on the diagram uh, in turn on one of those colors and then douse on this other chart that they gave us. It's two concentric circles and they have numbers going all the way around and lots and lots of words. Yeah, the numbers on the outside are from 0 to 36, or no, 400. That's zero interesting. 0 to 400. Unusual. The numbers on the inner circle are from 1 to 1. Yeah, it's very clear. Yeah. If you fall on the inside of the outer circle, you can follow A, B, C, D, you know, all the way through Z, which only makes it two-thirds the way around. And then there's the numbers, which go from 1 to 29, and then go from 9 to 0 again. And then there's letters, R, I, A, C, and W, just randomly placed on the circle. <laughs> right. Then there are little lines on the circle that say, change to different subject, interference, information not available, other information available, incomplete question, and red flag. Our favorite part, on uh-huh. one side of the inner circle, it goes critical, severe, mild, balanced, mild, strong, and very strong. <laughs> Notice that mild 
melt is in two places. And then at the 45 degree mark, there's this ready for question line. And then there's a plus or minus randomly on And if you are confused, then you are a normal person. You're right. <laughs> we'll so upload a picture of this. We will. As confusing as it was, they do make it as simple as they possibly could by saying, you can pick whatever you want to use this chart for. You can like just tell your pendulum, okay, I'm only going to use the top half of the circle. I just want to use the critical to very strong to tell me how my pituitary gland is So doing. would you say, Carrie, that you use it in whatever way is right for you? <laughs> yes, yes, I would. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> because it was so complex, I decided to use the simplest version, which was the critical to very strong. And I told my pendulum, okay, if it's on critical, severe, or mild on the left half of the semicircle, then I'm going to take that to mean that part of my body isn't doing very well. Mm -hmm. And then if it's on the right side, I'm going to assume it's at least doing okay. But if it's on mild, maybe it needs a little help. If it's strong, it's fine. If it's mm. very strong, it's very fine. Okay. I doused each of those twice. And as soon as I kind of get a number that f pops into my mind, kind of stick to that. And so I was getting mm. consistent dowsings each time. And I'd even close my eyes, but I guess my body knew enough about where it should go. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, or it was working. Or it was working. And so I found that I was low on the thyroid. That was a zero. And Joel was telling other people, I heard like, oh yeah, in Los Angeles, a lot of people have trouble with the thyroid, all right. the pollutants. And my pineal, the uh, crown of my head, that was also a 10. So those were areas that needed drastic improvement. Okay, none of mine were on the left side of the circle. So everything was doing at least okay. Oh, aren't you so special? Yeah, the ones that I had the lowest on were my spleen, which is the orange chakra and is also the gonads that I had at zero. My gonads are very strong, thank you. Well, you're welcome. So I decided I would work on anything that I got less than a five on, so anything that was less than sort of medium strong. Okay. But my heart is fucking strong. I got a nine out of 10. Oh, nicely done. So what could we do about this, Carrie, if we needed to boost one of these areas? Well, it's simple, Ross, is it? Yes. All you have to do is you take a stone that is balanced toward one of your chakras. Oh, okay. Then, so that already makes sense. Then you're going to put it in a bottle of water. Then, now make <laughs> sure that you use a simple, cheap plastic bottle of water that leaches the plastic into the water. Yes. Then put it out in the sun for two days and two nights. Oh, to encourage the leaching. Right. Then you take a little bit of the water from each bottle and put it in some more bottles but don't worry, you just tell all the water in the new bottles to be affected by the water in the old bottles. And then you drink some of the water from the bottles. But don't drink it directly. Pour it in a little <laughs> cup and pour that in another cup. Then you, then you use your pendulum and you say, hey, is this going to help my solar plexus? And if it says yes, which you better hope it does because there was no solution offered. If it doesn't, then you go ahead and you drink it. Then you go back to your chart and you see if your numbers have improved. It's very simple. That was a very good explanation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so Joel had had his wife, who wasn't there for that meeting, create these tinctures by placing those particular stones of the same colors in these bottles of water, just like Carrie described there. And so these were all prepared for us, and they'd been out for two days and two nights. <laughs> he said, yeah, you got to get it out in the sun energy and the moon energy. So we had it out in the sun for one day and one night and one day and one night. And then Ross and I look at each other like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and don't drink straight from the bottle because it's homeopathic. And as you may remember from our homeopathic episode, you need to dilute this. I poured a little bit. They'd given us these tiny little plastic cups. I added that to my cup of water and I drank it. And then you go back to the chart. You put your finger down again and you douse for your number. And I'd gone up from a zero to a 30. Nice. Yeah, that was Way to go, buddy. My solar plexus went from a four to a 10. 10 being the highest Ooh. for me. Yeah. Nice. Orange went from a zero to a seven. And I asked him, how long does this last? Right. I think he said it should be for a good long while or something. It was not very clear. All the people there were really concerned about purity of water. This yeah. is a big deal. Oh, which is fair. I mean, that's consistent with their view. Yeah, absolutely. And this lady had brought in water from her filtration system and she'd brought in water she'd bought from the grocery store and she wanted Joel to douse them to let her know, is this safe? 
yeah, they've all got these devices, filtration systems, which is funny because it reminds me a little bit of the conspiracy theorists because they're all worried about fluoride in their mm-hmm. water and they all invest in filtration systems. Mm-hmm. So there's something they have in common. Yeah, all these people have uh, different tools, mechanisms for structurizing water. And Dr. Emoto kept coming up. Yeah, so Dr. Emoto, I was first aware of him because of the film what the bleep do we know mm-hmm. which have you seen that yeah oh yeah which it's features delightful. him writing words like love joy and like putting them on the side of water and mm-hmm. then putting it in a freezer mm-hmm. and then you pull it out and look at the lovely crystals it formed and then you write greed hatred anger on the side of other glasses and you put those in the freezer and look at these ugly ugly Right. And I've read about Dr. Moto before because, I mean, if if that were accurate, that would be an amazing, amazing Nobel winning study. And the way the film shows it, boy, it works. Yeah. I've looked into his stuff before. No one's been able to repeat it. No one's been able to nail him down on his protocol. It's it's not exactly backed by his peers. Okay. Then Billy said, I got some special water for you to try. Yeah, so he wasn't going to tell us what was in these specially prepared bottles, but he wanted us to try them out. And he kind of wanted to do a little, like, experiment. He wouldn't tell us what they were. He was kind of single-blinding us a little bit. So he had us take water from this one bottle that was on. (laughs) Well, the first one I went for was inside of the plastic pyramid. Sure. Poured it into uh, homeopathically, uh, just a tiny bit into my cup, drank that down. He had a water bottle on top of this disc of metal that had been punched in sort of a floral design. I got water from that. We put that in two different cups. I don't think I recalibrated anything after that. I think at that point I was just thinking. Well, you know, I'm a scientist. I needed to pee. (laughs) Oh, I peed so many times. So, okay, then there was the big reveal. Yeah, he'd been waiting. Okay, now he's going to tell us what water this was. This was John of God water. Yeah. He's a healer, quote unquote. In South America somewhere. Rio de Janeiro, I think, Uh uh, who performs faith healings, has a huge following, and people pay thousands of dollars. In fact, a woman from my church, unfortunately, paid tens of thousands of dollars to fly down there and then receive his treatment. Oh, wow. So he sells crystals that you can buy and then do light therapy with. He sells water, apparently. That he blesses. And so this was a bottle of blessed John of God water. That Carrie is holding and in her I hand right now. And I am holding it right now, and I've been drinking it because I had a headache, but also because let's see if I become a glorious, glowing human. Then he said that we only needed, just like the other water, you only need a little bit. You can just pour a tiny bit in your water and ask all the molecules to carry it. So then I say, okay, problem here. Wait a minute. Then why did you buy a whole case of it? Couldn't you just get one One. bottle and then just pour it in a little bit and then pour water from that into another and that into another and that into another? I even said, it's like wishing for more wishes. (laughs) Right. And he said, well, you eventually run out. And we were like, no. no, all you need is one drop. You, you add it to a gallon of other water. Away. And they were, they kept saying, you know, it like sends out its structure to the rest of the, the water. The rest of the water. So, well, well then, yeah. Why? And what about the structure that's already in once, that water? Why doesn't it send right back? And once I pee into the sewer system, when the water just be out there and everybody's got the John of God water, how does this work? <laughs> I think you're thinking a little too rationally about yeah. this. You need to but, turn off. okay, one thing that he said that did make sense was, A, he only sells it by the crateful. Well, yes. fair enough. Mm-hmm. And, Good uh, answer. And B, sometimes you want to just give it as a gift to like a whole bottle of the John of God water drink. And it sounded like uh, they weren't really paying attention. They just drank up the last of it. Oops, without pouring a few drops into another container of water. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. But he was willing to give us a whole bottle of it. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, so now. That's very nice. I am drinking pure, straight John of God water, which I'm hoping he did not leave out in the sun and moon for two days. (laughs) That was the structure of the third meeting. And, and that, I mean, that was the best. Like, the, that that really felt like we'd finally gotten to the guts and glue of how to actually use dowsing for right. a specific use. Because, you know, when they're talking about looking for water, like, this clearly originated at a time where it was like, wells were scarce. So mm-hmm. You really did have to go. I mean, not that no one does this ever anymore. Of course they do. But, like, water's a little easier to find these days. And I'm not usually like, God, I need to find some water. Right. Where am I going to find it? But figuring out which parts of my body 
you know, need some treatment that I might not be aware of, that would be a good use. The figure I've heard is that 97% of the Earth's surface, like land, uh, has a water table that's within drillable distance. Ah. So if you are dowsing for water, this is, I think, an important point. If you are dowsing for water and you say, ah, there's water here, and you dig down, you will find water. So. Yeah, so that was awesome. I think we really left on a high note. And this is one of those groups that if we don't go back, I might miss them a bit. I think I might go back. They were nice. And they actually do what they say. They don't just sit around and talk about it, which is what we like, you know? Yeah, they're we always say. doing the dowsing. We should mention when we first showed up, they had a raffle. You'd write your name down on yeah. a little card. Oh, and I was Jones in to win that raffle. And I'm going to confess to you now, Ross, okay. that he accidentally gave me two slips of paper. I saw. And I just wrote my name on both of them. I saw that. <laughs> During a break, Carrie went to look at all the things on the tables. And that they were raffling off. And she saw that there were mugs. Yeah. And I was like, I want one of these mugs, which we've already told you we ended up with. (laughs) Right. But not through the raffle. Yeah. He said that they could sell them for $2 per mug. But that I should wait and see if I won the raffle. We did did not win the raffle. No. The odds were not in our favor. The odds were in my favor. (laughs) All these stupid people rigging the game with their pendulums. But what else were they selling, Ross? Sylvia Brown books. And so Sylvia Brown is a psychic who just died. They're are all her books with her mug on the front of them. Yeah, and this guy had like 25 of her books. Right, Joel, which surprised me a little bit. But he was selling them for a dollar a piece. Getting rid of all of them. And And he kind of unceremoniously was like, oh yeah, she died, I don't need them. (laughs) Yeah, right? Anyways, I figured, hey, this is my chance to buy a Sylvia Brown book without giving her or her estate any extra money. So I paid two bucks. I got something that we immediately began enjoying. Yes. Sylvia Brown's Meditations, which is her reading some meditations (laughs) on CD. We put it in your truck and we're listening to it on the way back. And I think our favorite part <laughs> was when she said this is something like this meditation is called the morning meditation. Not that it has anything to do with morning. It's we just, just called call it that. that. <laughs> what? I should say. Yeah. Yes. I have previous experience with dowsing through my involvement with the independent investigations oh, group. Oh, right, right, right. We have a $100,000 prize now for anyone who can prove a paranormal claim. And certainly dowsing is one of them. Mm-hmm. So we've done this with dowsers before. And actually, in particular, we had one last year. Louis Rees, who came in, I think from Arizona. Older gentleman, very confident about his abilities and so the test that we devised because dowsing is something that's very easily testable Mm -hmm. the idea is that these rods can point at water Mm -hmm. and so we agreed on a protocol with him where we had i think about 20 boxes something like that and we put milk jugs under them in each trial only one had the water and the rest did not so then he had to go through them and then find out which one had the water pretty straightforward beforehand we had him test the area are there any water lines pipes or anything that are throwing you off no i'm good here's one with water here's one without test it out is it working oh yeah yeah see look it's pointing at the water it works perfectly Mm -hmm. so then we put out all the numbered boxes but he had no way of knowing which was in there we'd all cleared the room only one person had gone in so we didn't know all of us present where it was that person had left the room who'd put it there and so then he'd go through walk back and forth past a box Eventually, he'd settle on one. Oh, yeah, see, every time uh, the rods are going straight to it. That's mm-hmm. the one, number 18. Okay. And it wasn't the right one. Uh, it was a okay. different one. So we did it again, slightly less confident. Again, not the right one. So okay. Okay. Fa- failed that. If he'd done that properly, we would have done another test, and then he would have won the $100,000. All right. So if anybody listening to this has dowsing abilities and they feel that they could pass a test like that, feel, yeah. feels that that's fair, or they would need to change it, contact the IIG. And the protocol is always agreed upon by the person applying as well, right? Yes, very important uh, point that they help us devise the test. Okay. You know, something that they feel would be a good showcase of their abilities. And is fair. And is fair. Yeah. So that's been my previous experience with dowsing. Cool. All right. I had never doused at all before this or really even thought about it, but I had worked with pendulums just a tiny bit in high school because my best friend Claire, holla, she grew up in Wicca. And oh, yeah. so she would use a lot of those sort of divining tools and one of them was pendulums and she, she didn't use them like too regularly, but we did a couple times use them to ask 
life questions as we were 15 or 16 mm-hmm. and choosing who to go to prom with or whatever it sure. was. It's either a magic eight ball or it's that. Right. Yeah. There you what go. What are you going to do? So, Carrie, let's, uh, let's say you were to rate dowsing on a pseudoscience scale where one is something incredibly scientific, not okay. pseudoscience-y at all. Very scientific. Oh, okay. Something... You know, with 150 years of data behind it, you know, like the theory of evolution. Uh, okay, like, oh, okay, like, okay. A 10 is something just preposterous, outlandish, never heard of. Holy shit. Like, your entire body is made completely uh-huh. to the molecular level out of goat sperm. Oh my God. On that scale, like a nine. I mean, it really felt like there is. And you know what? No, I'm going to give it a 10. This might be my first 10 because I really don't think there is anything that they're trying to do to relate this to science. You're going to douse for the answer, aren't you? I've been, while Carrie's (laughs) talking, I am quietly grabbing the chart and bringing it over here. I am going to douse for the answer. But yes, continue. Yeah, there's like... They, they don't try to refer to anything scientific to do this. In fact, they pretty much straightforward say we're relying on what this means to you. We're relying on your intuition. We're relying on you connecting with the pendulum or the rod itself and letting your energy flow. I don't know that they would even claim it's within the boundaries of science. Okay, I'm going to start from a neutral here and then just see what happens in terms of the pseudoscience rating uh, going from a... A zero to a 10. And oh, we are over at the 10. That is odd. You're pretty much past the 10. You're almost at 11. All right. Well, emphatically pseudoscientific because there's very little admission of what is, I think, the most obvious explanation is that people want a certain answer and that is what they are getting. Sure. Not to mention all the appeals to homeopathic remedies and tinctures and a number of different things that kind of slipped into the conversation that are not scientifically based. And homeopathy, if anybody wants to go back in time a little bit, you can find our homeopathy episode where we actually overdosed on homeopathy by taking over 100 pills each, chasing them with wine. They were sleeping pills. Nothing happened. And you can also go back to our astrology episode where we visited some astrologers. So a lot, lot of callbacks here, but none of them particularly scientific. Yeah. All right. So, Ross, what would you give this on a pocket drainer value where one is something not at all pocket draining, like buying a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure plush doll of Bill for only two bucks, mint condition. Oh, wow. Beautiful. I mean, piece of history. Yeah, exactly. Versus a 10. Uh, which is flying to Australia to visit some of our listeners, mm-hmm. high-fiving them, getting back on a plane and going home without even having a fucking meal. Not a good use of your finances. Mm-mm. I'm going to give this a two. From our experience, they were clearly not out to get our money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, $5 per meeting. Yeah, I don't know if they had to rent the space, but, you know, they're buying us drinks. They had some hot cider at the last one. That was good. When they were selling us merchandise, they were clearly not adding huge markups yep. to that. We didn't get to take the class with Gene. That might have changed it. I felt pretty good on the pocket drainer value. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you. At least based on this experience, maybe a one. I mean... They kind of give you the tools and say, sure, walk away with them if you want. And they're all willing to share to give you their precious John of God water. Yeah, no one is doing this for money. I'm downgrading to 1.5. You talked me into it. Nice. And sorry, when I say no one's doing this for money, I mean no one in that group, not no one in the world. I'm sure there are people. Some people do charge lots of money for their dowsing services. Yeah, of course. On a creepiness scale, we're going to rate the creepiness here on a scale where one is something... Not very creepy. All right. You you pull out a sketchbook. You draw uh-huh. a little picture uh-huh. of your favorite dog. Oh, Miss Ella. Okay. And you pin it up on the wall with some pushpins. Uh, okay. And uh, it smiles at you from oh, the wall. Oh, zip, peep, peep, That's not creepy. Whereas a 10 would be something <laughs> incredibly creepy. You walk outside. Yes. And the first person you meet. Oh, my God. Says, Hi. And walks by. But the next person, Uh their face peels back from the middle on both (laughs) sides. And you see like the skeletal structure, but also muscles over it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it starts talking. It says, today we eat. Oh, my God. 
I love, though, that first a guy walked by me and said hi. It's <laughs> just to throw great, you off. Great detail. Okay. You're right. That's creepy. I don't <laughs> like it. I don't want it. Okay. So that's a 10. I mean, give us a two. Yeah, I don't think it was very creepy. The only thing I would say is like a little woo is the fact that your hand can kind of do this without you thinking about it. Uh, Maybe that's not even what's going on. But either that's the scientific explanation, which is a little creepy, or yeah, or my mind connects to some psychic energy and makes it move. Just like a little creepy, but like it's more cool than creepy to me. Okay, okay. No, I'm with you. This isn't creepy. The people are nice. Uh, there's nothing particularly dark about it. To that point, though, in the first meeting, I really did come away with the feeling, and I even passed this by Joel to see if he agreed, that what they were saying is that we already know the answers to everything. Mm-hmm. We have this kind of connection to the universe, and if we just learn to let ourselves go, we can find those answers and connect with them. And so a pendulum is just a means to doing that, to connecting with your unconscious self, to the part of you that knows all these answers already. I Uh, think there's a truth to that too, because, you know, sometimes if I'm not sure I feel about something, I do this very rarely, but if I'm truly ambivalent, mm -hmm. I'll flip a coin and then see how I feel about the coin toss. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, wait a second. Yeah, I did have a feeling about this and I didn't know. That's a good point. Totally good point. But again, that's more to its efficacy, to its creepiness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say one. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Ross, what would you give this on a danger ranking? Danger. Where <laughs> danger. Where one is something not at all dangerous, like having Ella, my dog, mm-hmm. lick your hand and fall asleep in your lap. Oh, sweet. Beautiful. What do you you said that like, oh sweet, it's fine. It's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas ten is something really dangerous. Like climbing to the top of that Jesus statue in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, yeah. And then jumping with a parachute. But that's pretty low to jump Mm -hmm. from with a parachute. And then you count to 10 before you open the parachute. Oh, no. Just hope to hell that this works out. Oh, that's scary. Okay. I'm going to say a two. Okay. Uh, I think the only danger is going to be kind of like what we've talked about before, where you ignore something that would give you better advice than uh-huh. yourself with a pendulum or a dowsing rod. Sure. My danger rating, yeah, would also be like a 1.5. Okay. We always allow for this point, like if the pseudoscience rating is kind of high, then we're going to give it a little bit of a bump in the danger rating because then if you're using it in lieu of expert help, it right. can harm. But. I don't think there's much of a direct harm. Drink all the water you want. Sure. Go for it, man. Okay. Do you have a favorite moment? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. You want to tell people about it? Yeah. Nope. I'm keep it all myself. Hold on. I'm thinking about it, though. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Um, my favorite moment was absolutely when we were watching the video about time travel and the three of us realized that it was a video game when we all just started giggling. (laughs) That was pretty wonderful. Well, you know, I'll just throw in as a easy second dowsing for water with the water clearly and loudly running in the next room. (laughs) Everybody knows exactly where the water is. Sure. No concept of double blinding. Yeah. That's a good one, too. All right. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is composed by Brian Keith Dalton of Mr. Deity fame. Our producer is Ian Kramer of Washington State fame. Visit us on the web at MaximumFun.org. Be sure to check out our pictures by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash onrack. It warms the cockles of my heart, and I'm sure yours, when people like us on Facebook. What are cockles? You know, the cockles of your heart. The cockles of my heart? It's the the part that that gets warmed. And uh, throw us a positive review on the old iTunes. Yeah, will you? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Part of your ranking on iTunes, in fact, the biggest factor is your reviews. So if you've been listening to this show, especially if you haven't been able to donate, this is a great way to support us. Help people find us. Yeah. Absolutely. Please and thank you. And we will leave you with some wise words from (laughs) Sylvia Brown. The next one is called Blessing of the Mother. This is what we call our morning enlightenment. Although it has nothing to do with morning, it's just called that. Mm-hmm.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.